the St Albans Podcast Theatre Show with Ben and Susie. Hello and welcome to another short, sharp uh, edition of the Theatre Show with Ben and Susie. It's just got me uh, presenting it this week, but uh, you will hear Susie's voice in a little bit. Um, as we mentioned on the, on the last podcast, we're going on a little bit of a hiatus while the theatre scene in St Albans does. Uh, but do remember that there are still a couple of things going on. So Much Ado, which I told you about a couple of podcasts previous, is coming back to In on the Park. So that will be on the 1st and 2nd of August at 7pm. And there will be another show on in Tring on the 4th of August. Also coming up is Twelfth Night, which will be on towards the end of August, put on by Black Box Productions. And also, if there's anything else that you would like us to do the quickest of reviews or get back to it uh, at the start of September, please do let us know and me and Susie will pop down and, and see what you've got put on. But without further ado, I hope you enjoy the rest of this relatively short episode. It is the final night um, down at the Roman Theatre. I am here to watch Macbeth, and with me, I have allowed Danny Smith off of the main podcast to join me. Danny, are you excited? No comment. <laughs> no, yeah, I'm looking forward to this. Uh, I heard a lot of people talk about this production back in uh, was it October time when it was on at the Maltings? Yeah. Uh, and uh, and you know they said at the time, uh, David Widowson, our theatre correspondent on the main podcast, was saying how the plan was to then transfer it to the outdoor theatre, and I didn't get a chance to see it. Back then, so yeah, I'm really looking forward to it tonight. I did go see it. I took myself on a date to watch it back in November, before in the days before the podcast. Can you believe that? Um, yeah, there was a time. There was a time, um, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. I thought it was fascinating the way they staged it. I can see they've got the exact same staging here. It's in the round with their three platforms. So I'm very excited to see how it translates. Let's check in after. <laughs> So that's it, the end of the Roman Theatre Festival, and it ended with Macbeth in some style. Danny, did you follow any of it? I followed all of it. It was about a bloke, and he killed people, and then he died. Good summary. Thank you. Um, <laughs> also, uh, I, spec- I guess we should give a, a shout-out to our very own David Widowson, theatre correspondent, who played the uh, the ill-fated king at the beginning. He did. And then apparently he scuppered off and went and uh, went off to a party and didn't even make it for the bow. I'm not sure you're supposed to tell everyone that. Oh, well, done now. <laughs> Hello, David. We, but it was noted. Yeah. Uh, I missed you, David. Um, you know, where were you? I was going to give him a cheer. Well, here's your virtual cheer for after. Yeah. Um, any any stand-up performances aside from David for you? I, I, I did think David was incredibly good. I've always thought he's got a tremendous stage presence and I thought he really set the tone well as the king right at the beginning. Uh, I thought all the performances were good. Um, yeah, the... the, uh, the the actual, uh, I was going to say Hamlet, then Macbeth, isn't it? Yeah, Macbeth yeah, himself one. was uh, was was very powerful throughout. The the um, three witches uh, were were great in in their performance, in their menace, their it's allure. A very physical performance mm. they give, isn't it? Yes, I mean it's been very well choreographed, um, and uh, they did exceptionally well. And also to be on stage for the whole of the performance is is a in very it, difficult... in it or on it. <laughs> either way because they went under the stage in a few points didn't they yeah yeah but, but they were there for just about all of it they mm-hmm. were, and 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 to be able to do that and the fact that the three of their um performances were very coordinated with with each other yeah when they were not even facing each other at times yeah. they were in completely different 
corners of the circle, which doesn't even work, but you know what I mean. <laughs> uh, but they they did exceptionally well. I thought um, Lady Macbeth was particularly good as well. Yeah, uh, played by Jane Withers. Okay, yep, yeah, she did a did a did a great job with that. And I thought um, Macduff was yeah. quite compelling. Do you know what? And I'm not sure if you should, if you say this or not on your podcast, but I'm going to say it anyway. I wasn't convinced by him to begin with, and he really grew mm. on me. His performance was very understated, and and I mean that as a compliment. He 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 played it very coolly, yeah. And, and yet you could see, particularly the bit where he finds out the fate of his family. Yeah. That the the emotion in it, I was completely captivated by his performance at that point, and and th- it. It, it wasn't that his performance improved it was that I appreciated it more as it went on I think it was always of a good standard it's just it grew on me as it went you along you understood what he was getting yeah, where yeah, he was coming yes, from through it yeah. yes and by the end of it I found him completely compelling as well yeah uh, another thing I thought was really standout was the use of sound I yeah. thought that they, they used sound and the music that they used was to great effect um, but even things like the rhythmic breathing of the three witches where they really amplified their breathing yeah and they put an effect just a very simple sort of echoey effect on their voices at certain points yeah but it worked so well and added to that kind of mystique and and, and the menace of it all i think that's it where they had the witches playing not only the witches but a lot of what you might call the, the sort of the bit parts that that come with the performance yes yeah, so, so i haven't seen it before mm. so was that were they playing parts that traditionally might have been played by other people other people yeah right so well then that was done beautifully and a great decision then by the director to do it in that sort of way so exactly. yeah off to him. so in the in the sort of the the kind of culmination scene where you've got Macbeth kind of talking to the doctor talking to an army sergeant talking to a a messenger boy played those all the witches walking around in slow motion at one point which was really effective um but they were every time they took that sort of gasp of breath that was them transitioning from the witch to this kind of small bit part that might have been you know Done, yes, done the, by anyone. The, the really. breathing was beautifully punctuating yeah. the, those um, switches in performance. Yeah. Uh, but but it, it works so well. Uh, and you know the whole the whole way that the theatre is set up, the, the mm. way it was done in the round, the rotating stage, the way that people entered and exited the stage from from underneath as well as from three um, sort of platforms coming into the middle as well. All all of that works worked incredibly well i enjoyed the the sort of, so being in the roman amphitheater as people were approaching the stage they had this sort of gravelly crunch underfoot as they were kind of storming in and out of the stage and it gave it sort of a bit of an air of gravitas of you know because so, so much of it is in that combative yeah. situation and it really felt like that was kind of giving it something. i think you have to credit the romans from thousands of years yeah, ago I do, who, yeah who, who they did. really thought this through yeah, when yeah. it comes to Macbeth. yeah because if they didn't want a gravelly um, <laughs> they'd have been out of luck they're really really in trouble yeah yeah so that no. so they had no choice of that but but yeah you know, once again, a, a, an incredible production, I think, from Ovo, who who know no other way. Um, yeah, they, they, everything they do and, and everything I've seen them do in that setting, mm-hmm. they, they use everything to its advantage. I think for, for me, one of the kind of highlight points of it was towards the end where you've got, you know, we, I'd heard talk, we, we talked about it on the podcast before where they were recruiting for an army for this. And I was expecting an epic 500 strong army. Um, but what we got was a, a really kind of, there must have been about 10, 15 people 
Was it that many? Was they kind of bad? half encircled us, didn't they? Yeah. Up on the banks. Up on the banks. And that was really, you know, your, your whole attention the whole time is focused on this circular stage until this point where you've got a sort of a, a juxtaposition between the king on stage trying to find out what's going on and then this encircling army with their flaming torches mm. yelling their instructions. And I thought that was a really smart use of the space, really um, powerful piece that they did. Yeah. How, how do you feel, Susie? Because you saw it when it was on in the Malting Theatre mm-hmm. in October. What was, what did they carry over and what was different? I, I, one of the things is that it was so, it was all very dark, it was all black and they were dressed all in black and it was a very kind of atmospheric piece and when we started tonight actually we thought it was an eight o'clock kickoff first of all and realised it was half eight um, and it, you know, realised that that was very much to kind of make the most of the, the dark in, um, in the the natural outside space yes yes playing it in broad daylight might have had it wouldn't have been quite as eerie no um, but they used that that incredibly well actually the natural darkening did work really well um so that was great the the witches being on stage all the time the three poles that they had um to work with one of the things they had in the multis was the crown in the very beginning when the witches are talking about this basically explaining what was going to happen that there was going to be a a a fight over the king um the crown kind of hovered in in a way suspended above the stage and this time one of the witches was holding the crown aloft and that was quite a sort when she held it up i thought i don't remember oh i remember now it was done so there were obviously different tweaks they had to make for the setting um but i all in all i thought it was it was really fantastic and really interesting to see it done in sort of the same way but in two different spaces and a fitting ending to the three weeks of the theatre festival absolutely what a cracking finale i hope they're all um, really pleased i know there's a number of different um drama companies that are theatre companies that were involved in all the performances yes it wasn't just over was it no so many and actually one shout out as well to um jack who I saw play a role in... I'm sorry, Jack, I forget the, the role because you played a few different roles in Around the World in 80 Days, but was one of the King's Sons tonight in Macbeth. And the range I just saw in his... And Liz just told me, Liz Willowson, who's, um, you know, who... who um, well, David Willowson's the chair of, of Over, but yeah, Liz runs it. Liz runs it. Liz runs it. Um, she pulls his strings. We all know she, that. She Her told Liz. me that he's, he's only 15, and I've just seen a huge range of skill in just those two performances performances that I've caught over this three weeks and so many actors actresses um, people behind the scenes have put in so much work over the last three weeks really really well done okay so, so I guess it's fair, safe to say you enjoyed it then I enjoyed it and you and Ben have been waxing lyrical about all this on your podcast we have a little bit yeah, yeah. So. okay I wouldn't have a clue I don't listen to that rubbish but um you know well done thanks Danny that's all right you're not coming back <laughs> thanks everyone there you go you heard Danny and Susie and now let's hear what the audience thought I'm Emily. I thought it was a really good production. They had, they just empathised with the characters really well. Felt like it was real. I'm William, and I thought it was really good. And I thought the acting was really good. And yeah, like um, he said, it looked real. Leslie, and it was brilliant production. And the witches were fantastic. And it was a sound production. It's slightly warmer than the coldest performance I've ever seen. It was lovely. Thank you very much indeed. So I'm here uh, just about to watch Merry Wives of Windsor. No, it's Shakespeare. No, it's comedy. I saw it at the Fringe a couple of years ago with a stonking hangover. 
so actually I'm really excited to see it and be able to follow it so I'll see you on the other side so I've just got back from the Merry Wives of Windsor put on by the company of teens at the Abbey Theatre uh, and the th main thing that stuck out to me is when you go and see a show at the Abbey Theatre you have a certain level of expectations of the lights are going to be of a very good quality the costumes, the staging all of that's going to be very, very high quality. What I think was an extra dimension that you get watching a very young performance, uh, these were very young actors, all teenage age, I think Company of Teens is between 13 and 19, perhaps, um, is that you could see these young actors growing into their role. They were lifted by the support that was around them, by the level of quality uh, from backstage and in the technical department. So I think that that is really the thing that stuck out to me. It was watching this raw, raw talent grow so that by the time you got to the end of the play, the last scene, the character that you thought was perhaps a little bit nervous, suddenly they were growing into their role. Now... When you do a production with kids, I think that you do have to make a certain level of sacrifices. And so the story has been somewhat simplified. There are scenes that are taken out by um, Philip Reardon, who abridged Merry Wives from its original Shakespeare. And I think that actually what they did with that was turn all of the characters into very, very strong two-dimensional characters, which made it a lot simpler for the audience to follow. You could tell from the costume and the way that the characters were acting that they were very interested in only one thing. And I think that that worked quite, quite well because then if you know really, really clearly the motivations of each character in each scene, you can start to find the laughs. So I think that actually thinking about how people put on kids' shows... I think that that is a really useful technique of stripping things back to allow the actors to add their inputs and, and their energy into the role rather than overcomplicating with too many different aspects that people have to think about and then losing a bit of the meaning. I, I thought that, that that was actually quite an effective technique. At the end, I've got to say, there was some music, music in Shakespeare, and I didn't hate it. And so that is a really big thing of, I know that I've said this before, when you do Shakespeare and music, sometimes it can be awful. Whereas this, this time, it was, a nice, it was a nice way to end uh, a show and all of, the, all of the actors seemed to love it. So I'm just proud. I'm proud of all the kids that I saw on stage and I'm proud of how I saw them grow throughout the performance. Well, there we go. Told you it was going to be a short and sharp one. All that's left for me to say is thanks to the Hearts Advertiser for their continuing support. Uh, well done to all of the shows that we've reviewed over this first season of the St Albans podcast. And if you've got anything that you'd like to say to us, if you would like us to feature your show on the podcast, then do get in touch at theatreshow at stalbanspodcast.com. Or you can get in touch with CZRI at Susie at stalbanspodcast.com and ben at stalbanspodcast.com. And we will see you for the next season of The Theatre Show with Ben and Susie. Bye. The Theatre Show with Ben and Susie. Produced in association with the St Albans Podcast. 
For more St Albans podcasts, check out stalbanspodcast.com for full details on all the podcasts available and how to subscribe. To get in touch with The Theatre Show, email theatreshow at stalbanspodcast.com. The St Albans Podcast Theatre Show, out every fortnight on Thursdays.